You're listening to the Well Women Podcast. I'm your host, Gemma Lee, women's cycle health educator. Together, we're normalizing periods, cracking open real body talk, and femme rising the future. I'm here to remind you that your body is amazing. You can achieve balance, and body confidence all begins with your menstrual cycle. Get ready, beautiful. You're about to learn how to confidently reconnect with your body and discover your unique flow. This is episode 130 of the Well Woman podcast. You are tuning into the episode about breaking free from toxic lies and rules with the beautiful Kelly Tennant. Now, after discovering Kelly months ago on Instagram, I knew that I had to get her onto the show so that we could talk about sexual liberation and spiritualism. You see, Kelly has been through a chronic illness. And in this episode, we talk about healing through chronic illness, listening to your body's innate intuition, giving you self-permission and overcoming a toxic lifestyle. Now, right now in the world, we are currently living through the biggest pandemics that we've ever seen before. And it doesn't have any particular signs of slowing down anytime soon. So this episode is going to give you some beautiful gems about how to connect with yourself, listen to your body's intuition and overcome toxic lifestyle to help bring you back into balance. We also talk about spiritual healing and sexual healing taking radical responsibility for your own mind, your thoughts, your emotions, and your health, owning who you are and creating your own reality. This is an episode I really feel that we all need to hear right now in this particular day and age. And I can't wait to share this episode with you and for you to wrap your ears around it. Kelly and I have an amazing conversation and I am already excited to re-listen to this myself. So I hope that you are too. This episode is brought to you by the Well Women Academy. The Well Women Academy is my signature group coaching program. It's a weekly membership together where we study menstrual cycles, holistic health, and how to reconnect with your body. Every month, our Well Women access members-only self-paced educational content across a wide range of formats, including written, audio, video, and guided home study. Join me and women from all over the world as together we cover fields of ancestral health, Ayurveda, sexuality, sensuality, holistic health, and everything to do with your yoni. This is your chance to join an international community of supportive women to discover your cycle, your body, ignite your inner intuition, and illuminate your life. It's a cyclical sisterhood like no other, not to mention it's also cheaper than your daily coffee fix. To learn more and to join us, head to wellsome.com forward slash academy. That's wellsome, W-E-L-L-S-O-M-E.com forward slash academy. Kelly, welcome to the Well Women podcast. Thank you so much. I'm so happy to be with you. I'm thrilled that you're with me and I feel really, we've never met before. This is the first time and we just, we're having a little chat and I'm really excited. I love your energy. So I can't wait to dive into this episode with you. Oh, thank um, you. You're welcome. Thanks for making the time to chat with us today. Now, before we jump into it, tell us what day of your menstrual cycle are you on today and how are you checking in in this moment? Yeah, I'm on day 16. Mm-hmm. Um and I'm feeling, I'm feeling really good. I'm, I'm just happy to be here and, um, life is chaotic and crazy. And I'm also super happy and enjoying the duality of all the things. So, yeah. <laughs> you, you're, in, you're in the ultimate ovulatory in a summer kind of, I can do anything mode. <laughs> yes, we are. We're planning our wedding and we're moving in four days. Um, and 
the company is taking off in a way I didn't anticipate and it's all happening at one time and I am extremely organized and on top of my shit and I'm like real proud of myself. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, my hormones help me do it. Yes. <laughs> um, that is fantastic. Now, you just mentioned a couple of things that you do in your company's taking off. So tell us, who are you and what is it that you do? Oh, who am I? Great question. Uh, I don't know that I have the perfect answer for that. Uh, there is no such thing as a perfect answer. Right? Uh, <laughs> constantly evolving. I host a podcast. I have been uh, doing my show for about three years. I used to be a TV host and I worked in sports in LA. Um, and I, I just knew I wanted to interview people and really have conversations that were supportive for women. I had chronic illness for about 15 years and was in a really toxic work environment and was kind of living to people please and make everyone else happy. And so when I left that behind and started the show, I just, I knew how isolated I felt and how like confused and alone I was in healing from chronic illness, as well as being one of the only women in my career. And so I wanted to have conversations that were really supportive for women that gave them resources that helped them think outside the box. And so it's really evolved over the last three years, um, into more sexuality and spirituality, because that's been my journey. And I've had these awakenings and these aha moments where I really feel like I'm starting to come back to myself and my truth and allowing myself to feel what I want to feel and leaning into my desires and, and giving myself permission to do that, which in turn has given my community permission as well. And just to get curious about what they really want in life. Um, and then I also co-founded Soulfire Productions, which is a podcast production and media company with my fiance. Um, and we launched that about a year and a half ago and we support amazing podcasters and their shows and do all the things for them. And it's been really cool to just see the types of people that we're attracting into our little world and how we're able to help them get their voices out. It's so important to me. There's so many voices like yours who have podcasts, who work with clients, who are literally changing the world one person at a time. And I feel so passionately about helping them have a platform to do so and grow that because that is how we change, right? It's one person, one conversation at a time. And so that's what I do and who I am. <laughs> and I'm like, maybe I need your help. This is <laughs> I, this episode. I, I don't know exactly what number this episode will be, but it'll be a hundred and high twenties or hundred and thirties. Amazing. And I'm I'm a solo show <laughs> in the sense that like I do everything myself. Yeah. And um, yeah, I'm like sometimes I'm like maybe I don't need help doing this. So who knows? Maybe I'll come knocking on your door yes, and Soulfire Productions for that. <laughs> um, now I love that you have a story, and forgive me if this comes across in an odd way, that is very similar to many people. That you have been working really hard in a job that you used to love because obviously you took the job at some stage, and then you kind of fell out of love with the job, and then that job kind of created an imbalance in your health. Yes. And then that has birthed you, that experience, which was probably very challenging at the time I've been through it too, has then birthed you into this beautiful space that you're in now, right? So you really have just created your own reality and are doing something that probably 10 years ago you probably thought was never even possible or that you even had a passion for, right? Yes. So you mentioned about chronic illness. Tell us how, like, what, 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 what was wrong with you? Not that there was anything wrong with you, but what were you going through that was chronic? And how did that help you recognize that your life needed a bit of a switch and a change? Yeah. I mean, I love this conversation. It's so important to me. I was 19. I was playing volleyball at USC. 
I was in the best shape of my life, co-captain of the team, had a full ride scholarship, all things looked great. And one day my left leg gave out and then I couldn't feel my leg and it was dragging behind me when I walked. I couldn't stand up straight. I was like fully bent over. I was in really severe pain from head to toe. I couldn't see straight, uh, I had brain fog and that led me into depression and suicidal thoughts. And it was literally overnight. Um, and for about six months, I saw all these world renowned doctors and no one could figure out what was wrong. They did every test on me under the sun and nothing was coming up. But at that point, a couple months in, I was bedridden. I couldn't go to class. I couldn't go to practice. I wasn't traveling with the team and it was really, really scary. So six months after the first kind of thing started happening, I saw a rheumatologist and he said that I had fibromyalgia, which for those of you listening who may not know what that is, it's kind of this umbrella diagnosis that doctors give in Western medicine. If they think you're crazy and you're making something up and so you, they need to give you a diagnosis or they can't figure out what's wrong. And so they're like, here, here's fibromyalgia, take this medication and you'll be fucked up for the rest of your life. Bye. <laughs> um, so that's pretty much what my experience was. I was on all these drugs. I was going crazy. I was hallucinating. Um, I had to move off of my volleyball scholarship and become like a normal student. And I was in chronic pain all the time and still really didn't know what was going on. All I knew is that you can't play volleyball anymore and your life is never going to be the same. So I spent two years from 19 to 21, just drugged up and wondering what I was going to do. And at 21, I decided to go cold Turkey off everything. I just kept thinking, like something inside me, this little voice in my head kept saying, this can't be it. This cannot be your life. You are in such good shape and you're so young. This is not your life. And so I just started looking into holistic healing. I became vegan, vegetarian. I stopped drinking for a few years and I started to notice changes. It was affecting the inflammation in my body. And so I was like, huh, there's something to this holistic healing and food is medicine stuff that I always hear about that I thought was bullshit for so long. And so I found paleo at like 25 years old. And that was a huge difference maker for me. I started taking out all these inflammatory foods and I started to be able to see more clearly and the pain started lifting. And then I started getting into, um, spirituality and I started working with different healers and understanding the mind body connection. And then when I was probably 27, I started working with a functional medicine doctor and an Ayurvedic doctor in LA. And they properly diagnosed me. They were like, the last however many years has been a complete lie. You were misdiagnosed. That is not what is wrong with you. And here are all the tests to show you exactly what's wrong. And I ended up having um, Epstein-Barr virus, which had been activated in my system for almost 15 years. I had chronic fatigue syndrome. I had SIBO, leaky gut, and I have the MTHFR genetic mutation. Mm -hmm. So perfect cocktail for your body to shut down. Um, and so once I was diagnosed, uh, a year and a half into working with them and I was healed, I had no more problems. Um, and in that time, they also got me into working with different shamans and plant medicine. And so I started working with all the trauma and the toxicity that was stuck in my body that had caused a lot of the inflammation. And so I just started ridding myself of all of this stuff. And it was like literal layers falling off of me. I look like a different person because I was so inflamed. Um, and then I ended up leaving my job, which was like another level of healing for me of stepping away from that. And I haven't had any issues since. 
Wow. I love hearing people's journeys. Thank you so much for sharing. You're welcome. Isn't it interesting? And I feel that there's probably a lot of listeners who can resonate with the fact that, look, they're telling me that there's this thing going on in my body, but it just doesn't feel like what they say it is. Mm -hmm. And there's something else. And I'm just going to kind of give everyone authority to trust your intuition. Yeah. Yeah. What would you say about that? I mean, you have to trust your intuition. I think I mean, even my own doctors who saved my life, they would give me protocols and tell me things to do. And then they always brought it back to what feels best for you. They, no, they, there was never a, you have to do this or forcing me to do it. It was like, what feels best for you? You are in choice. If you want this reality to continue of you feeling horrible and your body shutting down, you can continue making these types of decisions and being in this environment. If you want things to look differently, i.e. your career affecting your health, you don't need to go back to that job. And that's when I realized like this really is about me listening to my body and noticing when it's trying to talk to me and trusting that my body knows best. Mm-hmm. It really does. And I'm always like having studied ancestral health and Ayurveda and working in that space. It's really interesting that a lot of us don't realize that we're born with seven senses and that we we really only utilize five of them and intuition being one of the biggest. And it's, I see this in Australia that it's kind of around school age, you know, the ages of four and five that children really start to lose that sixth and seventh sense in themselves. But as adults, if we're mentally aware that we have this ability, we can really switch it on like a light switch and it literally just changes everything for you really. Mm-hmm. So Kelly, thank you so much for sharing because I can resonate with so many like facets and aspects of that story. Um, but let's talk about breaking free from lies. And I know that this is a bit of a, an area for you um, because there are certain aspects of health. And I can imagine there's lots of listeners who are like, look, I do all the things with the food. I do the vegan, I do the paleo, I do the gluten-free and they're doing all of this, but they still don't feel like they're in the body that they truly desire to be in, in the sense of not about how it looks, but how it feels. Mm -hmm. So how did you go from focusing and having a great, um, I guess, routine around food and nutrition and movement into like awakening this new dimension of changing and liberating your health? Yes. Is, is that, is that a good question? It's an, um, <laughs> I was just going to say that is an amazing question and I love the way you phrased it. Um, so let me just drop a bomb for everyone. Green mm-hmm. juice is not going to save you. What? Um, <laughs> broccoli is not going to change your life. It's so funny because wellness has become this like multi-billion dollar industry. And so we're constantly obsessed with like the newest fad of celery juice or take this vitamin or do this thing. And I'm totally here for all the products and all the stuff that tastes amazing and, you know, has miracle effects or whatever the fuck they promise. But at the end of the day, it's so much deeper than that. And that's what I realized. It is not about eating paleo. It is not about not drinking. It is not about any of this stuff moving and the doing we are in the doing in all of that. I was in the doing, I was in the trying so hard and let me make this list and I will follow it perfectly in this recipe. And I was so in my head in all of that, that I was missing the point. The whole point was so much deeper within me. It was that I was Mm. suppressed. It was that I was lying to myself. It was that I was a people pleaser. It was that I was living for everyone else. It was that I was so ingrained in this toxic 
lifestyle that I thought I was supposed to be living in order to be successful and for people to like me. And that is what made me sick. And when I finally started to get real honest with myself and take radical responsibility for my own life, that is when everything shifted. I can eat gluten now. I can have dairy. Do I do it all the time? No. I think everything's overly processed and mostly disgusting anyway, especially here in the United States. I don't know. It's probably better in Australia, but here everything is contaminated. Sorry, get me started. Yeah. <laughs> but like I, my relationship with food and what I put in my body is so different because I have healed the 10 layers beneath that. So when I put mm-hmm. the food in my body, the intention behind it, the relationship I have with the food, the inflammation that's already in my body, it's so different than before. So I can have the broccoli or the green juice or the piece of pizza and I am okay. Oh, there is life. There is hope. I am just (laughs) loving what you're saying because I can truly see and hear, you know, having worked in Ayurveda myself um, and studied it for a number of years, I can see that you apply a lot of philosophy and theory around Ayurvedic medicine and Ayurvedic health and nutrition and well-being because Ayurvedic is life science, right? So it's your entire life. And it's so interesting. I I often see this in the health industry and um, I used to work for seven years. I was a food science formulator in, in manufacturing for nutritional products, vegan, raw, paleo, gluten-free, everything. And so I've seen the back end of nutritional manufacturing. And it's very interesting because people can think, oh, well, I eat all the right foods and I do all the right things, but I still feel like shit and my mind is still busy and I don't sleep well and this is out of balance and this is happening. And I know as a mental cycle coach that, yes, I work a lot with the mental cycle, but this is in all facets of health, right? But it's so interesting that lightness, this is just my personal opinion, but lightness, the older you get in your earth suit, the lighter you can become and brighter you can become, hashtag aging down, the more you unpack this toxicity in your your heart and your mind. Yes. So what have you noticed in yourself about, like you mentioned about like suppression and lying to yourself. Now, is this suppression in the sense that like you had an experience when you were a child and you were suppressing that? Or is it suppression around not really allowing yourself to be fully who you are? Yes, both, both and all of it. Mm-hmm. Um, I have you ever done a past life regression? I have, and with a fair few shots. Um, yes. Yes. Okay. <laughs> so I did a past life regression with this incredible guy in LA. His name is Yarun DeWitt, and I love him so much. Um, but I remember, the, and this was almost three years ago, I think. I was on the table, and he puts you on a cloud. He like you're, you're hypnotized. And then he puts you on a cloud and then you drop into different scenes and it can be from past lives. It can be from this life, the future, whatever. Anyways, I'm on the cloud and I drop in front of my childhood home and I'm standing there and I'm describing what I'm seeing. And what I'm seeing is a cloud and this dark shadow over this house. And I'm like, this is so weird. And then I walk in and as immediately as I walk in the door, I start describing to him the anxiety and stress and heaviness that my body is feeling walking in. And then I walk to the back and I walk into the kitchen and I'm, I'm watching myself as like a seven-year-old girl sitting with my brother and my parents at the table. 
and I'm seeing this dynamic and the heaviness and the stress within the energy of the house and everything changed for me because what I didn't realize is that I was told my life by my mom. I didn't see my life through my own lens. I just listened to whatever my mom said because we were very codependent my entire life. And so she said, your childhood was great. And this happened. And this is the way that was. And I just trusted her. And so, so much of my reality, I blacked out. And I believe that it was a very much a coping mechanism because it was so hard for me. And so I saw my house and I saw my experience and it was not what I had believed it was for so long. And those are the types of things that I believe was suppressed sexual trauma, anxiety, stress, all those things throughout my childhood that I had brought with me that I had never acknowledged out of fear of actually having to feel because I didn't really know how to deal with feeling things. I was always very strong and look at me, I'm so perfect and I have all my shit together. And so I just never dealt with anything. And on top of that, I think there was very much a suppression of me being fully expressed in who I am. And because I was a people pleaser and because I wore a mask and wanted you to see me a certain way, I never showed up as who I really was. Um, and then sexual suppression, never feeling like I can ask for what I want or share my desires or really lean into anything outside of that box. So I think it was layer after layer. And I finally kind of exploded and it was like, I can't live like this anymore. <laughs> it gets to that phase, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I love, thank you for sharing about past life regression. Um, it's a beautiful process. And I always feel that just if you're listening to this and you're like, oh, maybe that's what I need to do. <laughs> I'm just going to let you know that often going down and I teach on four pillars, nutritional, physical, emotional, and spiritual. If you lead with the spiritual, it generally doesn't end well because you're, you're just looking to solve or fix that. And it's like, well, if I see this particular shaman, they'll tell me what my life is going to be like and who I'm going to marry and where I'm going to live and how many children I'm going to have and what their middle names are going to be. Is that unfortunately it's really important to have and create in my mind a clear vessel. And if you can create a clear vessel as in your body, your home, it's the only place you have to live, then you're able to create clear energy and create clear transmission of energy and lightness from a space of clarity. So start with your body and then go to aspects of your mind and your emotion. That's just my point of view on it. But I love hearing that. I agree with you. And what I want to add is that Mm. I've talked about this a lot this year uh, because I'm just seeing spirituality as such bullshit sometimes. And I have to call it out. I did an episode called Spirituality is a Cult. And I really believe I that in it. a lot of ways it has become that because people pretend to be gurus and then we believe we need gurus and then we don't trust ourselves. And I see, and my fiance Connor and I talk about this all the time in plant medicine with past life regression, Akashic reading mediums, it doesn't matter. We create codependent relationships with these people mm-hmm. because they, we think that they have our answers And so then we were basically creating a new level and a new experience that is the same as what it was before we woke up, but now it's okay because it's spiritual and I'm codependent with a medium or with ayahuasca. So it's totally fine. Right. And it's like, Uh. no, you don't trust yourself. It's like the common theme across the board. It doesn't matter what you're doing. If you don't come back to you, if you don't learn how to trust yourself and your intuition and your knowing, none of this shit's going to work. 
Oh, I love that you said that, especially calling out the whole thing on spirituality. Like my bestie and I, um, Amber, we talk a lot about the fakeness of the industry. You know, I've been in the health industry for 17 years and so I've seen a lot of dynamic shifts and changes. But it's so interesting that I think a lot of people, especially if we look at like the Instagram world and there's a lot of people who turn up in a certain way, but then who they really are are very, very different. Mm-hmm. And codependency is kind of a little bit like addiction. Yeah. You know, you can be codependent on having harpe. You can be codependent on having ayahuasca, on drinking like herbal tea. I'm just trying to think of little things that you could do. Codependent on anything, whether it's running. You know, people who are like right into like always running and have to do 10K for the day, every single day, you know, okay, well, are you able to live a cyclical life where you use all different types of modalities and things to serve you and balance you rather than just always using the one thing? And I think that comes back to what you mentioned before. And so I'll draw it all in, hopefully, (laughs) is that you mentioned the fear of feeling and then owning who you are. And I think that some of the stuff that you mentioned, even about like sexual trauma in the sense of like, okay, well, I'm a heterosexual. So like in a heterosexual relationship, well, the man must come and come first and his priority is above all. That's an ancestral lineage. You know, if you look at the, the lineage trauma of menstruation and menzies and the transition of that for the last 5,000 years, we all experience that trauma. And then that kind of creates the, okay, well, what is the rule that we can't talk about periods or we can't talk about ovulation or bleeding whilst I have sex or um, miscarriage or termination or like I'm opening the can can of whoop ass is that there's so (laughs) many like facets to it, but it all comes back to, I really feel what you mentioned, the fear of feeling. Yes. So for those who are listening, Kelly, like if they're like, fuck, I'm not really feeling like, can you give an example? Like I've got an example in my mind, but I'd love to hear yours. The fear of feeling like what's a really common example of something that a woman or a menstruator or any human could feel and then have the fear of really feeling it. Yeah. I mean, the best example I can give, um, is when I realized I was bisexual and had an attraction to women stop it. No, really? You can't do that. (laughs) How dare you? Um, (laughs) I freaked out because my ego and the voice in my head was on repeat saying, you're disgusting. Who do you think you are? That's not something you do. Your parents are going to be disappointed in you Mm. over and over and over again. It was like this demonic voice in my head. And I remember having to work through that because I had these feelings, but I also saw myself, you know, almost putting up my hand and saying, Nope, not going to feel that stop right there. Like that was enough. You had a thought and we're not going any further. And I put myself into this really anxious spiral. And I remember exactly where I was. I'm sitting on the end of the couch and I'm crying and I'm kind of freaking out because I'm really overwhelmed and I don't know what to do with all these feelings. And I'm trying to push them away. And I remember Connor said to me, babe, you need to feel what you want to feel. 
And that changed everything for me because it was my permission slip to feel all the things, the, the fear, the excitement, the arousal, the curiosity, all of it. And that showed me that I was safe to feel. And I over and over was in practice of something came up. Okay. I'm attracted to women. Okay. What are all the things that's coming up for me right now? How can I sit with this? How can I show myself no judgment in this moment and a lot of grace and know that this is a very challenging, interesting time and that it's also okay to have all these feelings, even if they feel like they're totally opposite ends of the spectrum, they all coexist and they all go together. And having that moment of allowance and really welcoming, welcoming in those feelings was super transformative. Mm, Isn't it? So interesting when you allow yourself to feel what you actually feel. And it kind of makes me feel like if I think about my spirituality um, experiences and journey of becoming a spiritual being and stepping into that, you know, it's probably been, what are we like nine years now? And if I, if I think about this process is it's continually evolving, but I, I once learned about courting and courting through the womb and this works into like womb wisdom and all the womb kind of menstrual stuff that I teach but you can have yourself courted to multiple different things if you have a fear of feeling a certain thing so let's say it's like bisexuality right is that that courting is like to the tv commercial that you once saw and then the movie line which was like a guy paid a girl out because he was she thought another girl was attractive and then you think about the fact that you're you're walking down the street with your mom and then your mom was like oh my god look there's two women holding hands oh what a disgrace and all of a sudden you've got a cord to that experience mm. and there's just three that you could feel or experience in a month let alone what you could experience in a whole fucking lifetime <laughs> and so wow. this cording and like I, I can definitely picture that you would know and ex- have experienced this is it's kind of like your fears of feeling a feeling is attached to all of these different experiences and they might be a split second experience that you witness listening to the radio or you hear someone talking in the coffee line whilst you're waiting for your coffee to be made talking about it and then all of a sudden you feel disgraced is that it's such an honorable thing to learn how to feel how you feel fully without judging yourself for feeling that way I I just want to like sit with what you said for a second, because I have never heard anyone describe courting like that. And you're rocking my world. (laughs) Thank you. I've been doing it for a while, but. Oh my gosh. Because I think of like court, like from, I mean, maybe this is just my ignorance. I don't know, but I think of cords and like cord cutting to people. So it's like to my ex-boyfriend, okay, cut that cord. So I'm no longer energetically tied. I've never thought about it the way you described it, but it makes so much sense. We are corded to every experience and that's what shapes our reality and our belief system. Mm-hmm. Oh my God. Mm-hmm. Yes. I have to interrupt this episode to let you know that today is sponsored by my five day love your cycle mini course. This is a self-paced course to teach you the foundations and fundamentals of your menstrual cycle in less than a week. 
If you are a woman looking to rediscover your cycle, reconnect with your feminine in a new way, understand your cycle signs and what they mean, this is the mini course for you. Receive daily educational class videos and audios, along with action steps, cycle tracking guides, cycle prompts, and the Love Your Cycle 50 page ebook and audiobook. This is your chance to discover the things that you wish you had have been taught about your cycle at school, how to eat, how to move, honoring your emotions, and identifying PMS and cycle signs before they arise. It's your turn to join thousands of women from all over the world who have already taken this course to reclaiming and reconnecting with their bodies. And you can do this too for less than a fancy vegan burger in under a week. To learn more, head to wellsome.com forward slash shop. That's W-E-L-L-S-O-M-E.com forward slash shop. And use the code CYCLELOVE to save 20% off. Mm-hmm. So if you think about yourself as a the younger seven-year-old Kelly, right? Mm-hmm. Like in the picture that you just explained, you being at home, is that your experience and your fear of things come, like we're only born with two fears, the fear of falling and the fear of loud noises. Everything outside of that is learnt. So these are learnt fears. So if I have a fear in a sexual experience with a partner, a sexual partner, where I have a fear of really telling them what I really want or what I really feel like or fear of saying stop, that fear has come from an experience and that experience could be an experience with a person or it could be an experience with reading a book or an experience of watching a movie or blah, blah, blah. But we can really be courted to anything. Wow. And I always, this is one of the biggest reasons why for the last nine years I've not owned a TV, still don't own a TV for this pretty much exact reason is I hate commercials. I hate hearing different people's beliefs and, oh, you should do this because if you don't do this, then you won't have this. It's like that's just, if we think about like the toxicness of life and detoxifying, toxicness is everywhere and it's not just what we feel put in and on our bodies but it's also what we put in our ears and in our eyes yes I don't think I've ever kind of worded it like that before but okay so but um, what do we do with all of these experiences that we're courted to good question what do you so if you think about your um, bisexuality experience Mm -hmm. how did you become comfortable obviously with being uncomfortable to owning who you are in potentially being a bisexual. And I can imagine there is many people who have had this experience. So they're like, Oh, I just found that person really attractive. Fuck. They're the same sex as me. Is this wrong? Is this right? Hang on. Is this really me? (laughs) So how did you become comfortable in owning who you were in that experience? Um, I just want to say I'm obsessed with you because you just answered my question with a question and that is like my favorite (laughs) thing ever. So thank you. Um, So you're welcome. Yes. yes. So for me, I started listening to my body rather than my head. And I Mm. really, I really did everything I could to be present with my soul in my body rather than I have a tendency to escape and I want to escape out of my head because I'm scared. And so I'm like, oh, humaning is too hard and we're out. And (laughs) yeah. And so I felt myself 
just kind of in that chaotic high energy in my body. And so I did everything I could to really be present in my body. And then I started to notice how my body was responding to things rather than what the voice in my head was telling me. And so I noticed that whenever it came to talking about being with a woman or attraction to her or whatever it was, I would get really turned on and I would be super aroused and I, you know, I'd get chills or I'd get wet and I would have this experience even while I'm having this narrative in my head. And I was in somatic therapy and our therapist really helped me see that I, I am safe to allow my body to lead. And if it feels good and if it feels expansive for me, then I get to lean into that and be curious. If it doesn't feel expansive and it feels like a boundary or a no, then I get to step back, but I don't have to let my head lead and make the decisions because that is no longer serving me. And I don't need that to be safe because I create safety within myself. So I don't need that to fall back on. Amen. I love that. Such a great example. It's so interesting, that feeling of expansiveness. It's just actually when I studied ancestral health, it's one of their core philosophies is that everything in life goes through the, the theory of expansion and contraction. Mm. And if you think about it, our pupils expand and contract, our lungs expand and contract, our heart every moment is expanding and contracting, our womb cyclically every month throughout the menstrual cycle, expands and contracts. Your yoni expands and contracts. Your cervix rises and falls in expansion and contraction. So we know that that's happening internally. But then when we think about that natural thought of like, oh, do I want to quit my job? That's really fucking scary. (laughs) Or do I want to move home? Or do I really want to go on a second date with this person? Or would I really like to have sex with this person? Or do I want to lean in for another kiss as an example? And I share those examples because I feel like everybody's had those examples before. But that feeling of expansiveness is your intuition. Mm. Like to draw it right back to what we were talking about is taking radical responsibility for how you feel by trusting your intuition. And the analogy, I have to share it because I love sharing this, is that it's like surfing. When you're out in the wave, you're in the most feminine essence of the planet, the ocean, and you don't know what is coming because it's not biochemical. Bi-chem- um, it's not a machine. It's not going to tell you where, what's going to happen, how big the wave's going to be. You can just predict. So when you're on the lip of the wave, you have a choice to drop into the wave and catch the wave or to pull out. And I always say, if it feels expansive, you lean in and you drop into the wave and you're like, fuck yeah, in the green room. Or you pull back and you're like, nah, this is not it. And you you choose to trust your intuition that, no, I don't want this. I think courting and understanding how you feel in different situations and if you have an attachment, which you probably don't even realize, or a connection to something, all comes back to asking yourself the question, does this feel true for me? Mm-hmm. Because in that moment, if you ask yourself, okay, And I'll just use the bisexuality example because that's what you gave. If I felt like, oh, I think I could be bisexual, I would be like, okay. But then someone said, but that's dirty and you shouldn't be like that. You should only like love one person and one sex or one gender. That's it, Gemma. Don't be so, you know, um, selfish and what more. Is that I would in that moment ask myself, is this true for me? And then sit with that. And maybe I don't have the answer straight away, but you don't need the answer straight away. But then if it feels true, then you can fully adapt 
that. But if it doesn't feel true, you can release and then become feeling expansive. And if you want to dive deeper, ask yourself, well, where has this thought come from or where has this belief come from? And is this my belief? There it is. Yes. <laughs> That's it. getting there slowly. It was getting there slowly. Um, so taking radical responsibility for how you feel. What would be three tips that you would give to someone who's listening to this, who's like, you know what, fuck this. I've been feeling a certain way and I haven't been honoring how I feel or I haven't felt confident in sharing or communicating how I feel. What would you suggest to these people? Yes. I mean, first of all, everything you said, I mean, amen, sister. Um, (laughs) If this could be a journal prompt for your listeners, I like journal prompts. It helps me. So do I. Um, if I was not scared of how people would respond to me or their judgment of me, what would I do with my life or how would I act in this moment or Mm. what would I want or what would I desire that I really believe in asking better questions, asking more penetrating questions of ourselves we can sit here all day and I can ask you really hard questions about you, but if I'm not willing to do that for myself, I am hiding from myself and from the world and from my truth and from my knowing and intuition. So the more probing questions we can get to, and I like to pair it with the fear is people are going to judge me. They're not going to accept me. They're going to think I'm gross. Okay. So if I wasn't scared that people were going to judge me, what would be possible for me? Like, how would I live my life? If we let go of all this stuff, all this noise and chaos that we live in, and then we have all this space and all this energy to put somewhere else, what would you do with it? And when you ask yourself those questions, you will be shocked at what comes forward. It will be things that you probably have never admitted to yourself, let alone anyone else, because all you see are the fears in the first part of the prompt is the judgment and the shame and the um, rejection and all of that. We don't even have the ability to see everything over here because all our energy and focus is on the crap. I love that. Thank you. Like, it's just so true, isn't it? We, I always, and one of this is an Ayurvedic teaching. Um, it's part of the, I guess, the list of Mahagunas is that you're either cloudy or you're clear. Yes. And after every cloudy day and I'm looking outside, it is a cloudy day where I live right now, even though it's the sunshine state and it's always blue skies, it is cloudy. But through cloudiness comes clarity. And one of the hardest things to do is to sit in cloudiness, is to sit in your shit. And I like to think of processing your feelings. It's like a child having a tantrum because it didn't get the chocolate bar or the cereal box that it wanted in the store is that often we don't allow our children and therefore we were once not allowed to really fully feel and have the tantrum. Can you imagine if adults had a tantrum in the shop? The fucking granola is not the price that I wanted it this week. <laughs> like, can you imagine that? It would be hilarious. And then the other thought about like what you mentioned about just being who you are, like, what would you do? What if you wanted to cut your hair because you wanted to shave your head and you liked that, but that's not really fully accepted by society is more now than what it used to be. But, but what if it was, you were like, fuck it. I want a bright green car. Imagine how everybody would dress 
instead of following what fashion, and I used to be a swimmer designer, I studied fashion out of school. That was my first industry that I worked in. It's all predicted for you. But what if you just were yourself and just wear wore whatever the fuck you wanted to wear? Imagine what everybody would wear. <laughs> yeah, oh my God, and I'm it's, it's so funny too, because we get stuck in this cycle of fears and we think, and it's always, a, almost always about how other people are going to respond to us because we're, we so want to be accepted and loved because one of our biggest fears as humans is that we're not lovable and then we're going to die alone. And so we get caught up in this thought process when in reality, everyone is just obsessed with themselves. Everyone is dealing with their own crap. How many people actually have the energy to give, to worry about what fucking color your car is? I literally don't care. I just don't care. I'm feeling this. I'm planning our wedding right now, or we're planning our wedding and I'm doing things differently. And it's not the, it's not traditional and it's not going to be the way our parents want it. And I just don't give two shits because I'm like, this is our day. It's not your day. And if you don't like it, you don't have to come or you can leave. Like, I just, it doesn't matter anymore because who cares? Who cares? And the great thing about this is in a year's time, who's going to remember? Exactly. Apart from the photos, you're going to get printed and like mounted across the whole wall of your house. Right? Yep. <laughs> but it's, it just goes to show that we act in a way that we think we need to act and we believe things in a way that we think we need to believe them. But are we really taking radical responsibility for who we are and who we want to be and how we feel? Oh my God, we could go in so many directions. From I know. I love you. I <laughs> Can we do this all the time? <laughs> totally. I would love that. Um, I'd love to kind of wrap it around and dive into how can one support themselves sexually and spiritually? Like you sharing your story about bisexuality and going, hang on a second. I think I also like women. Can I like women and men? Is this, is this a thing? How do you recommend like give some guidance to those who are listening who might be feeling either similar to how you once felt or who are looking at exploring a spiritual or a sexual liberation for themselves Mm -hmm. so that they can literally feel fully and live without the burden of society because don't even get me fucking started but who says that you have to be together for so many years before you get engaged and then before you have to have a marriage before you get pregnant or fortunate or you know grow a family and who says you even have to get married and who says you can only have one lover for the rest of your life and blah 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 um so what would you suggest um some points or tips that you would give to those who are listening about literally breaking into their own radical responsibility of spirituality and sexual liberation or and or you could tie it all together if you really wanted to Um, you know, letting go of the, the burdens that are holding them back from being who they really want to be. Mm -hmm. So I'm not a religious person and I think that prayer has gotten a bad rap because religion has gotten a bad rap, but I pray and in prayer, I believe prayer is a way to not only communicate with the universe but also with your highest self and to really find your true North and your guidance. And so when I pray, 
and I ask for guidance. I ask that I be shown what I am meant to see. And I go in with the intention of being open to receiving whatever that looks like and feels like. And so I think that in any scenario, whether it's sexual, spiritual, it doesn't matter, going in, releasing control and the need to have an attachment to the experience and the outcome is an incredible practice to start with. And then to ask or pray to see whatever is meant to come forward. Because you've said this a few times, and I really believe it too, is about clearing our channel. It's about becoming that vessel. And the more that we can step into listening, which is when we pray, we then get to listen because then that is when miracles happen and we hear the things and we know the things and we're connected to our intuition. When that portal and that vessel is clear and open and that comes forward, that is when we can truly open to whatever it is, whether it's realizing something about your desires in, in your sexuality, whether it's knowing that there's uh, a path being laid for you in your career that you never would have thought of because you were so closed off and so rigid in this one way. And then you pray to see what you're meant to see. And all of a sudden it's right in front of you, the thing that you wanted so badly and didn't even know was there. Mm-hmm. So I think that those things really allow us to open without being tied to whatever it is supposed to look like. It is such a practice in releasing control and in need to know it is unknown. It is the gray area and it is uncomfortable and it is the void. And that is where our greatest learning and expansion comes from. Mm, amen. Pardon the pun on that, but <laughs> you know, I don't even feel like I need to add anything to it because you've just done such a great job, Kelly, in, Thank you. in just helping people understand and see that it's all within you. Mm-hmm. And I think the hardest and most challenging thing that a lot of us face, this is all genders, is allowing, you know, the process of allowing. And we once lived in a world maybe a few centuries ago or more where were we always allowed, you know, we, we didn't fight against things. Whereas today we fight against the fact that the weather's fucking cold or that it's raining or it's too hot or, you know, even just little things, just allowing. Um, and I think that something that I wrote down is when you were saying stepping in, like stepping into listening, I think to ultimately heal yourself. And if you think about it, you have a heel on your body which connects you to your soul of your body, which is heal and soul are together on your body. That's good. That's good, Gemma. That's good. (laughs) And your heal allows you to to get connected with your soul. And if you think about heal, the word healthy, it's to heal thyself. And really when it comes to healing yourself, it's about allowing, but also listening and removing all of these layers. (laughs) Like whoever wrote that in the Shrek movie deserves like an Academy (laughs) Award, but like removing the layers. And I'm just so grateful that you've been able to take the time to join me to kind of have this discussion about really awakening ourselves in that way. Mm, Thank you so much. Next stop, you on my show, will just continue the conversation. (laughs) We can totally do a part two. Yes. Um, I've absolutely loved this. Now, is there anything else you want to add to this kind of conversation? No, I mean, that was amazing. I love talking to you. Thank you. Okay, so do I. (laughs) Now, tell us, because 
obviously people are going to have no idea who the fuck is this Kelly chick. I want to learn more. So who, like, where can they find you? What's the best um, platform, um, website, Instagram, where can they find you? Yeah. So my website's kellytenant.com and I have my different offerings there. And then I'm super active in, on Instagram and in the DM. So if anyone has questions, feel free to message me. And I'm just at Kelly M Tenant. Amazing. I will be popping all of those links in the show notes. Now, before we do wrap up, I have one final question. Now this is like classic podcast question. I ask all our guests. Okay. So I'm very excited to hear from you on this and then we're totally switching gears. It's nothing what we've been talking about. I want you to think back to your younger menstruating self, you as Kelly getting your period for the first time. What are three things that you wish you had have known then as your younger menstruating self that you now know today? That bleeding is not gross, that it is an incredible shedding and rebirthing process and that it's okay to have sex on your period. Oh, I love that. Not had that last one before. Oh, there you go. Not that I do it very often, but I have. And I just really feel like someone should have told us that. <laughs> and there's probably people thinking, oh, that's so dirty. Yeah. But there's also, and that could be both genders or all genders. Um, but then I would ask you to explore, but is it really dirty? Mm-hmm. Or is it the ultimate union of mixing potential sperm and menstrual force together two life forces i'll leave that in everyone's listening ears um kelly thank you so much for joining us i've absolutely loved this um it's been a pleasure having you on the show we'd love to have you back so we can chat about more things um but again thank you so much thank you thank you so much for tuning in to every episode of the well women podcast I trust you enjoyed this episode as much as we did. If you got a lot out of it too, please subscribe and leave a five-star review on iTunes or your podcast app. This means together we can inspire, connect, and educate even more women. Now, is there a bestie, a sister, or a friend who you know may be frustrated and confused with their health? Are they ready to discover new aspects of themselves too? Well, take a screenshot of this podcast episode, share it on your social media, email it, text it, or any way you need to get it to their ears. So together we can all live in flow, harmony and balance with our bodies. And be sure to tag me in it too. Hashtag Well Women Podcast. For everything we mentioned in today's episode, you can find this in the show notes over at wellsome.com forward slash podcast. Until next time, beautiful, get connected, listen to your body and remember, body confidence all begins with living in tune with your menstrual cycle.